Hey, this is Nader Luthra, founder and creative director at The Firm Group and Cloud39 Shared Space. If you're wanting to learn how to embrace change and navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, Dennis Giannoutsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsos. Hey, welcome to the show, Leadership is Changing. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Leaders everywhere confront similar obstacles because people are people, but everywhere you go, leaders are overwhelmed, disrupted, and under pressure. They run from email to email, meeting to meeting. Many leaders are not changing quick enough, which means they run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. The purpose of the show is to take our listeners' leadership to another level by finding their balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. I believe we don't have enough effective leaders in the world today, and if we can get the leaders to step up and lead change, then they can inspire real change. Hey, listeners, it's now time to adapt in our fast-moving world, and I have a guest today, and his name is Nader Luthera, and he is the multidisciplinary founder and product owner with a successful track record in turning very raw ideas into cash flow positive business models with sustainable business ethos. Nader's work has been featured on Channel E, BBC Future, Vogue Italy, and Forbes. His focus is on the tri-fusion between technology and innovation with brand and marketing and social impact to provide a customer experience that builds on the love and trust of a product and service not the size of the business or brand. Hey, Nada. Hey, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Dennis. It's a pleasure being on your show. Can I just say what an awesome, awesome venture you've started with this podcast and how, how amazing it is to have a forum where leaders can speak and, and aspiring leaders can learn. Yeah, great. Hey, thank you. Hey, so just given a brief uh, back um, sort of description of your background and experience and, uh, and so forth in your bio, tell us a little bit more about your background. Yeah, mate. So um, I'm the founder and creative director of The Firm Group and Cloud39 Shared co-working space, not too far away from where you're based out here in um, East Tamaki, Botany, Flatbush area. We've got co-workers coming in from all parts of South and East Auckland um, who who use our services and facilities. So, you know, I got into entrepreneurship full time five years ago, but I feel like I've been obsessed with it since I was, you know, in preschool. Uh, coming from a background of two parents who were entrepreneurs here in New Zealand since 1992 and still going, still going at it. So yep. uh, prior to prior to getting in full time involved, you know, I was in corporate consulting sort of roles, and I became a lawyer over in Australia. Did a short stint as a pro bono criminal lawyer. Decided. That was absolutely depressing, and um, and decided to <laughs> get involved with. Um, something a bit more passionate and hands-on. Oh, that's excellent. Oh, wow. A criminal lawyer. Wow, that's really interesting. Um, hey, um, so uh, the, cons- the the name of your group, Firm Group, what does the F-U-R-M stand for? Uh, so it stands for Free Your Mind. And that was, um, you know, when I 
set out to set up my own company. Um, I wanted an umbrella brand and an umbrella company for which I do. We do all our projects and ventures under. And I said, okay, what's the ultimate goal of getting into business? And I really we j- I just wanted to, to free my mind, you know, free your mind. I wanted to have more freedom in general. Yeah, excellent. And uh, something that probably leaders need to, or entrepreneurs need to be doing, of course, is freeing their mind to allow them to think and get on with what's probably going to matter, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, part of, I've noticed part of your podcast is a strong part is, you know, fusion between the well-being and the the leadership and business excellence. So, um, mm. f- being, you know, having that sort of freedom in, in, in your thinking and, and freedom and calmness and contentment and spiritually, I think it goes really hands in glove with excellence in, in business as well. That's fantastic. Mm. Hey, so how, how did you get into leadership? So again, um, it just goes back to what I was saying earlier. You know, I was in a really, really dark, unhappy place. I uh, wasn't really enjoying myself in, in, do, in what I was doing. So I, I looked around. Uh, I tried to seek some inspiration. I had a bit of a challenge for me. I didn't. I couldn't really find um, leaders that were like-minded or, or looked like me or came from similar sort of cultural, moral, value backgrounds to to what I came from. And a lot of the leaders I did look up to had completely different backgrounds and upbringings to me. So I kind of felt there was a, a disjoint. So for me, that really pushed me into a position of, okay, I'm going to put myself out there and I'm going to share, share my story. And, and perhaps other people out there who are younger or, or in a similar sort of situation to me can, can relate and, and, and create that kind of connection. So I started, you know, I created a project called uh, Co-Work the World traveling around the world, meeting entrepreneurs, startup founders, innovators, traveled to 35 countries, 60 cities, and visited over 100 co-working spaces at the time, shared the journey on, on social media. It, it completely reinvented who I am as a person. And um, fortunately, that project got featured on BBC Future, and it led me to creating Cloud39, which is where I, where I stand today out here in East Tamaki. Um, so, yeah, I was really, really blown away by, by taking that leap to just try and connect with like-minded people and realizing that there's, there's a whole world out there outside of the little bubble that we, we often are brought up in. Yeah, yep. and sometimes that little bubble is all good, but, you know, taking that leap and uh, connecting with like-minded people is probably the best thing that we can do as well. But, you know, you've gone and taken that to another level, which is going around the world in all those different countries and, and so forth. Hey, tell me, what was the transition like for you as an individual going from, say, that corporate world, you know, going to, into an entrepreneur and so forth? What was the transition like? Uh, it, was, it was incredibly raw. I think, fortunately for me, I went straight into the corporate world after – high school university and they really mm-hmm. train you and they groom you and and you really get um, looked after it's amazing how well you get looked after in the corporate environment and when you when you're thrown into an entrepreneurial environment it's like a jungle uh, and you're not the lion <laughs> so um, you really you just got to absolutely a lot of the the actions and a lot of the steps that you take are impromptu um, you can try and be as strategic as you like but the best way to describe it is a, a jungle and you're not the lion. <laughs> yeah, that's actually really interesting the way you say it too because it is a jungle and if you're not the lion, 
then uh, how are you going to survive? And that's uh, a matter of actually working through things for sure. Yeah, it's good. Hey, um, I think you sort of alluded a bit, little bit before about some leaders that you've been around and so forth. So the question here is, and there may be several, but I just want to ask you to, to think of one. Who is your favorite leader? Now, this person could be alive or from history. So who's your favorite leader and why? I'm going to break the rules, Dennis. Uh, I'm going to mention three. <laughs> so wow. um, <laughs> um, I'm not sure if that's allowed, but I, I just I can't think of, of one because these three have probably made a huge impact to me personally and professionally. So um, my first is Walt Disney. He's, he's somebody who will always be remembered as not just a leader, but someone who's created this lifelong intergenerational impact to billions of people through you know, his cartoons and uh, animations and, and imagery and then the theme parks and everything, everything he's done. And then the second one is, is Chuck Feeney. Not sure if you're familiar with Chuck, but he's a billionaire who donated all his wealth uh, before dying. So he's not a socialist. He's, he's, a, he's a hardcore capitalist, but um, he really believed in driving social change and helping create more opportunity and equality with, with his wealth. Yep. And and then the third is I I don't think I'd be allowed to finish this podcast if I didn't mention my father. So he's he's been a huge inspiration for me and continues to be that way. And incredible values of um, hard work ethic, equality across humanity, um, treating our planet with love and respect, being generous, giving back, being kind. All all of those sort of values that I've been fortunate to to learn from him and and hope to continue to aspire. Wow, three fantastic examples. So thank you for sharing. Um, and good on you for breaking the rules because I think that's what you do as a leader too, right? I mean, the rules are rules, but I think mean, you always have to always look at where you can push the boundaries for sure. But three of the ones, you know, three people that you've chosen, selected and shared with us, fantastic. Um, so good on you. Hey, the show is Leadership is Changing. When I say that statement, the, the title of the show, well, what does that mean for you? Yeah, I think um, leadership is definitely changing. I agree with you on that, Dennis. Um, I'd say, you know, more and more, we're not going to be defined by uh, le leaders are not going to be defined by their resume or privileged background, uh, but instead by their character and actions. So for me, that's that's what I see when I think of leadership is changing. It rep it represents your truth, who you really are. And not necessarily some fake persona you create in order to make billions of dollars. Mm. Yeah, and I think people are, are really waking up to that whole scenario, right? I mean, I think they're seeing and they can actually, they're, they're not dumb. It's, a, it's, a, it's just a, a plain, simple way that I say it. I think they can see right through people who are not being authentic and being transparent for sure. Yep. Hey, um, so, you know, how's your business or industry changed and what demand has that put on you? Uh, well, yeah, it's been a shocker year for for many, many businesses around the world, so um, myself mm. included. Cloud39 as a shared space was fully tenanted pre-COVID with um, members and co-workers. We went, literally went from that to completely empty within a week because of these lockdowns that we've gone through back in March. And then since then, we've just been working hard. Uh, on on refilling that we've been for, we've had a couple of fortunate scenarios where the people are remote working but they don't necessarily want to work from home anymore being in a, a suburban area uh, allowing corporates to move away from the city so we've had a couple of strategic advantages which allowed us to 
to refill. And so, yeah, we're getting getting back to where we were pre-COVID and uh, I suspect, you know, by March next year, we'll, we'll get back there. That's That's been a huge sort of change in, in, in our business. Um, same thing with childcare, uh, another interest uh, family business of ours. And that's, you know, was for the first time ever in the history of that industry was, was shut down, closed. So it was a huge shock. And uh, not just to the business owner and the leaders, but also to the teachers and the, the staff. Um, it's just mm. something that they've never seen before. So yeah, it's been an incredible, incredible year f- in terms of change and and that shock factor. Mm. Yeah, and so as a result of that, because you know your businesses were impacted, of course, uh, some some leaders on entrepreneurs, and I'm, I'm, I'm classing entrepreneurs as leaders too. Um, some of them actually went out and did. They what we called adapted, pivoted. They went out and did some things and they changed things. And some other, I think, with with a lot of life and the adversity, ambiguity, and times like this, this is when a lot of new ideas, new way of doing business, innovation, things like that are born out of out of the result of this. Um, to didn't think, have you started any new businesses, ventures, ideas, uh, anything you can share? We uh, were really um, fortunate to have. Uh, we've had a really strong team of teachers and early childhood qualified teachers who we, we, we became closer as a result of this experience. So everybody was at home, business was closed down, people were keeping safe, but we were all connected through you know WhatsApp and other forums. And so we came together and we um, decided to invest in a digital learning platform for mm. the early childhood education space. And with the support of Callahan Innovation, who... Who, who, after pitching and presenting the project, decided to help us out as well. Where we've been doing, you know, several months of uh, R and D, where we're coming close to to launching that product. And I really think that that's going to be a game changer for remote based digital learning, early childhood, uh, early childhood education. Uh, whether you're at home or in a childcare that the environment won't matter, the education can continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, great. That's excellent. Yeah, I, that sounds exciting. Uh, the fact that you can now probably go and take what you've gone and repackaged it, redo it, and put it into a digital format, which will be fantastic to see. Nader, if there was one thing you could change in business as a leader entrepreneur today, what would that one thing be? I'd say I'm not sure if, uh, this this may be a change that we're already seeing, Dennis, but I'd say leading with compassion and kindness rather than dollars and cents. And, you know, I think return on investment should be measured both with empathy and financially. So I don't, I don't see any point in having an organization that runs profits alongside unhappiness. So, you know, personally, I'd like to see uh, maybe a happiness index introduced into job descriptions and employee performance reviews. So it's really just about, um, ha- you know, and going back to some of those inspired, inspiring entrepreneurs uh, I mentioned earlier, you know, like Walt Disney, uh, creating a, a company culture that that goes beyond your lifetime. Yeah, like leaving a legacy is another way of putting it, right? Hundred percent. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And I think too that, um, and I and I talk about this in workshops that I do with leaders and so forth, that brand with Walt Disney and Disneyland is an example. It's a happy place and a lot of people are expecting yeah. to, a lot of people will actually save a lot of money to go and take their kids to it. And you don't want to take it there. And so they say that if you come to work as a Disney employee and you're not in the right mindset, go home. And, yeah. um, and it's quite interesting to see. So how do people react and what so forth is really interesting. And I also think it comes down, and I'm not, I'd love to get your thoughts on this. I actually think it comes down to the leaders as well, that how they create an environment for it to be a great place to work or a great thing to be doing and being a happy. We're not talking about being the the tree huggers and and, and <laughs> put it that way or, you know, really, really happy. It's, it's, it's a place that's... Um, you know, that people want to be there. Is, is, is that what you're thinking about as well? Yeah, 100%. And, you know, this is going to sound like such a small example, but we don't miss a single birthday in our organization. So mm. um, uh, birthday cake celebration is a must. And the surprising thing about that is because there's so many employees, I think there's roughly between 30 to 40 in the in the group, there's almost a birthday almost every week. So <laughs> it's um, it's good times. <laughs> A lot of cake. Yep, that's great. <laughs> what? <laughs> so don't miss a birthday is really, really interesting. So I think there's 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 something here whereby I think a lot of leaders and entrepreneurs they they do do this, which is they they don't stop to take time out to celebrate success or milestones. And milestones would be one of the birthday scenarios. And and that's because they're really, really busy and they just want to move on and do and do that. But if you can take time out and don't miss a birthday, enjoy it, celebrate it. With some cake, of course. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah. So that would be really quite good too. So um, very good. Hey, um, I know that you have been in the past, and I know that you and I know people who are employees. How are employees' expectations of leaders changed? Fantastic question. Uh, I think for me personally, uh, I've, I've sort of seen this over the, the last couple of years or three, four years, is that um, employees have a huge expectation over who they choose that if they they make a, a much more active choice into who their leader is. So it's they want their leader to be transparent, kind, and of good character, probably more so than, as I mentioned earlier, your resume or your background, et cetera, et cetera. So it's almost like you need to win and earn their respect. You can't just expect to come in and and be hey i'm the i'm the leader here and so it's almost like an election campaign <laughs> you know so you got to put in that effort and earn that respect if you if you want to sustain the value of being their leader as they say uh us politics is a really good example uh, we've seen this huge divide for the choice of president elect um what's ultimately come out is you know biden's victory is that of um, the message is character matters. So more than net worth, more than privilege, or more than the color of your skin, character matters. And for me, that's a that's a really key takeaway. Mm, character matters. I love that. Character matters. Excellent. Hey, listeners, make sure you've uh, you've written that down. Character matters for sure. And how you come across as a leader is really really important. So employees, as Nate is sharing there, what they're looking for, is, of course, is. Uh, you need to earn their respect as a, as a leader, but also character matters, which is fantastic. So what makes a leader successful in to, uh, today in this fast-paced, ever-changing world? 
Yeah, so I think this is this is something you do a lot, Dennis, with with your work is um, you know is put, taking people, aspiring leaders, into a position of okay, this is what successful leadership looks like. But for me, um, we, we've probably you've probably heard or you probably even coach a lot about servant leadership. So you know, I think that's that's being picked up a lot by corporates lately and, and with tremendous success, but. One of the things that fascinates me is that if we look at the collective voice of the followers, the the employees of an organization on social media, their collective voice has more power, more impact, more following than the leader's standalone voice on social media, which basically means that they are our leaders. They have a larger following base. They have... Mm bigger influence and bigger impact. So I think leaders need to be really, really, really self-aware of that power dynamic and shift. And they can't just take things for granted around, this is what I say, therefore this is what needs to get done. And and I think that's that's a huge shift. Yeah, and Nate, I think we've seen that, as you're saying, of late in particular, whereby there's been certain things happening around the world. And there are leaders who have not said their opinion or not said anything about it or acknowledged it at least and then a lot of employees have actually got upset about that the fact that their leadership didn't take a stand you know one way or the other doesn't matter but they just didn't do anything and and being silent is is also not a good thing and so i think you're right i mean what you're saying there for sure what's what's quite interesting is i worked for a company years ago was owned by a, um, a guy who did run for the president of the united states a guy called ross Perot, and uh, he owned an IT company called EDS, Electronic Data Systems. And even today, that I mean, that was sold, I think, to Hewlett Packard HP probably about 10, 12 years ago. But even today, still on LinkedIn, and I may even be Facebook as well, they have alumni group of employees who were still part of, you know, who were part of that organization. And it's still live today, and they still share their their mugs, you know, the swags, the swag and stuff that they've got, and, and they yeah. still share that, or they still celebrate various milestones, or they talk about all sorts of things. It's like the legacy of the organization still being run by the employees That's of awesome. that organization, even though it's yeah. still not even though it's not here anymore. It's yeah. just really amazing. And it's almost you could almost say it's leaderless, but it's it's not. It's I think everyone's taking personal accountability and ownership over the organization. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think that's what you're you're saying, right? I mean, it's just not about the leader; it's about what employees are saying. I think the another great thing is that, like like us in this country, where we go into barbecues or functions like that, yeah. and if you see an employee talking about their company and how proud they are of that organization, there it is. There's the that's, that's the win. That's the win. Yeah, yeah great. Yeah. yeah, it's a good way of putting yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, nice. So the win, very good. Alrighty, hey, here's a question for you. Now I'm going to ask you to bring out your crystal ball here and think about the future. Where, where do you see leadership in five years? Five years. So, so I think I've touched on a couple of these things. I'll, I'll kind of re, re, um, repeat them, but I, I think it's really important. I think the the next five years, like the last couple of years, we're going to see an era of leadership which as you also mentioned, it's all about authenticity. So it's your true self combined with a strong character and moral values. What's interesting to me about that is you will either have that or you won't. As an adult, I, I think a lot of that stuff is instilled in you as a child 
uh, particularly around some of that moral value compass stuff. And I think if we want to see strong leaders in the future, we should start to look at today's preschoolers and what moral values are being instilled in them, both at home by parents and in school. And I'm not just talking about science, languages, and maths. That's a given. But what are the moral values on top yep. of that that we're going to be pushing on them, presenting to them, I would say, not pushing on them, but presenting to them. Uh, and then that would that would be the future generation of leaders. So... So, so you saying both? So you saying both parents and the kids should be looked at as well? Absolutely. So, so I mentioned earlier about that um, digital early childhood product that we're we're looking to launch, and and this is something that I'd I'd be happy to give your listeners a sneak peek, uh, exclusive sort of sneak peek. It's not it's not ready for launch yet, so this will be kind of an exclusive to anyone listening out there. Uh, if you if you are a parent or you are passionate about the next generation of leaders, take a look at a project called www.kylecare. Uh, that's K-Y-L-E dot C-A-R-E, kyle.care, for eight, you know, children aged one through to, to six. It's not just about, again, it's it's learning through uh, New Zealand's very successful and proven Te Fariki model, which is learning through play. And it's not about... You know, it's not just about telling them that two plus two equals four, but it's about looking at some of those values uh, that we can instill through the learning as well. And and for me, I think that's something that, yes, parents need to take responsibility and accountability over at home, and then teachers need to take responsibility at school as well. Fantastic. Hey, thank you. So listeners, uh, check that out. Kyle, K-Y-L-E dot care is that right that's perfect um yep that's it and so check that out and uh, we'll see if we can get that in the show notes as well for for the listeners but uh nate is talking about the thing is that as, as parents and kids we're looking at here um but it's also our future generation of leaders as well and i think you were going to mention some other stuff as well nader sorry you were going to mention some other things as well uh, uh just about the project the Kyle care project or yeah, or five years from now, what is there anything else you think leaders should be looking at as well? Oh yeah, look, I think I think as I mentioned earlier, it's just it's really it's just about um, looking at the next generation um, and looking at authenticity and um, and what who you are and, and what you represent uh, and your truth um, for the next sort of five years. That's that's how I see it. Mm. Yeah, being true to yourself, being true to yourself as a leader, but also being true to the organisation, whatever that means uh, for you as well, and the and the organisation. People aren't silly, as I said earlier on. They they can see through you that you know they want transparency, but they want people to be honest. They also, mm. I think, there's another piece too, which you may be alluding to as well, Nato, is that um, I see that they want leaders to be vulnerable, not because I want them to be weak. I'm not saying that because I think it's a strength of being vulnerable as well. But they want to see the real person. They want to see the human being behind that title of the leader and so mm. forth. Have you seen that as well? Yeah, Dennis, I, I think that's what – what I find what's interesting about that is that it's 100% accurate but also extremely difficult to – you, you need so, so much self-awareness to, to feel comfortable being vulnerable in a room, especially as, and I'm going to bring in a little bit of gender bias, I'm going to say as a man, it's even more difficult to put yourself in a vulnerable position because 
um, whether it was Walt Disney's cartoons growing up or whether it was my parents as a, you know, teaching me certain values as a kid or whether it was the school, whatever it was, I was brought up to be told to be a man and what that represents to be a man and being vulnerable wasn't one of them. So, Mm. um, you know, I absolutely agree with you about that. And I think perhaps we need to relook at some of that stuff that, that around vulnerability for, for men uh, at a younger age. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we, we haven't been taught that. And uh, there's been some interesting scenarios whereby we've been told a lot as a younger kid or as a growing up as a young man, come on, harden up. You'll be all right. You, yeah. Things will be all yeah. right. Let's just get on with it. And, um, you know, so it's not always true. But, you know, there's that vulnerability I think is powerful. It's when you show that you're you're a human being as a leader, oh, it's, 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 it's strong. Um, and uh, it's fantastic to see. Hey, Nader, let's, uh, thank you for joining us on today's show. If our listeners are wanting to get hold of you, where should they go? Yeah, so uh, best way to connect with me is, is LinkedIn, which is just my first name and my last name. Uh, I believe I may be the only Nader Luthra on LinkedIn unless there's a um, some sort of a identity theft going on. But, <laughs> so that, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, that would be the, the best and easiest way. Excellent. So on LinkedIn, uh, listeners, check him out. Nader Luthera is his name and uh, check him out. He's a great guy. And uh, Nader, once again, thanks for joining us on the call today. Thank you so much, Dennis. I love the chat. Awesome. Hey, listeners, what we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Change is incredibly scary, especially with the unknown and the unfamiliar territory. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing. Hey, look out for the episodes as they've been released. Download them. Have a listen put a review and a rating, share them with your friend, your network, your family. If there's any feedback you'd like to give me about the show or if there's a question you'd like me to ask my guests as I interview them or if you have a, uh, a question for the Ask Dennis episode that happens once a week, send me an email, dennis at leadingchangepartners.com. Hey, listeners, also don't forget to check out the Facebook group, Leadership is Changing. If you haven't already uh, gone there and joined that group, please go ahead and do that. Hey, listeners, great to have you on the show today. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world.